a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Utah Weekly Forum, a public affairs show dedicated to learning more about the issues affecting our lives and health and exploring the resources available in our diverse communities to help. Here's your host, Rebecca Cressman. Welcome back. I'm, I'm so feeling so lucky that today we get to talk to Jessica Holzbauer. She is a licensed clinical social worker at Huntsman Mental Health Institute. But we're going to talk about day treatments. We're going to talk about some of the therapies and support programs that are available for children and teens at Huntsman Mental Health Institute. Jessica, thanks so much for being here today. Rebecca, thanks so much for having me. This is one of my favorite things to talk about. And so the, the pleasure is mine. Well, let's talk about day treatment overall as uh, just define it for us. What does day treatment look like and what is it for? So day treatment is this really fabulous level of care for kids who are really struggling to be successful in school, be successful at home, or be successful socially, where our patients are here 40 hours a week, you know, similar to the amount of time that kids would be at school. And what we provide while they're here is not only comprehensive psychiatric care with our child and adolescent psychiatrists, as well as our clinicians, our therapists, psychologists, social workers, but they also get the benefit of milieu therapy because we're in a group, right? And so small groups, so in TeenScope, for example, which is our adolescent day treatment program, we have about 20 patients. In our child program, KidStar, we have about 15. So it's a small environment where we are able to provide real-time feedback to help kids be successful, not only socially, but also generalizing the skills that they are learning in therapy. So it's a, it's a robust <laughs> treatment uh, really meant to um, be kind of hard and fast, if you will. Kids are here about four to six weeks. We really dive in, and our goal is to get them launched back into their normal life as fast as possible. Well, and as part of their normal life, most of them have families that are satelliting right around them that are part of the dynamic of their behavior. Do you incorporate families in the day treatment program? It's one of my favorite things, actually, about day treatments. You know, I have experience working in residential settings, or in outpatient settings. And the reason I really like day treatment is because of the family involvement. So not only are we providing family therapy every week and our psychiatrists are working with the family every week as well, every evening when our kids go home, we are having two-way communication with parents about how their children are doing at home, generalizing skills, being safe, communicating with their families. And so we're really able to do pretty in-depth work with parents from day one. And, and I would say that the parents that we work with are highly involved and really eager to learn. And so we really think about them 
as not only partners in the therapeutic process, but really of one of the, the legs on the on the stool, if you will, when we think about the treatment team. Well, and as a parent, I would think that that would feel so empowering because often when we're approaching the challenges that our children have, we don't feel like we're the experts. Most of us are not therapists like you, Jess. Most of us are not psychiatrists out there. And we're trying to figure out what's the best way to help our child feel good and, and be able to feel successful in all or his or her uh, interactions as much as possible, right? Um, and so if, if we're brought into that therapy uh, program as one leg of the table, then we start getting, um, how shall we say, we, we start getting taught. We learn uh, some of the things that, that is effective in helping our children have um, more success in life. Well, and absolutely, and I think what's really important when we think about a multidisciplinary team, you know, we think about the therapist, we think about the physician, we think about our teacher who is, we, but all of our programs have teachers. We're also um, a, a private school as well, so our, our patients are doing school every day and staying current in their schoolwork. We have our psychiatric technicians, which are the staff who are with the, the patients 20, you know, while they're here, the, the whole time providing safety and oversight. We also have other disciplines on the multidisciplinary team, whether it's diet, the dietitian or whether it's recovery services or expressive therapists. And so we are all coming from our very different perspectives. But what is usually most important is the parent perspective, because we might have a great idea about an intervention that we think could be beneficial for their child and for the family. But the reality is, if that doesn't work in the family system, then it's not a great intervention. Mm. So we really, really need that parent involvement so that we can have treatment happen 24-7, not just while the patient is here. For those who have just joined us, this is Jess uh, Holzbauer. She's a LC. CSW at Huntsman Mental Health Institute. And we're talking about day treatment programs. And I think what we want to do right now is let's talk mental health and children. And and uh, my heart just feels bruised as we think about the prevalence. So how common is it for children to be um, experiencing mental health problems, uh, whether it be severe, you know, behavioral issues, psychiatric issues? How prevalent is it in our country? You know, I, I'm sad to share that the the most recent information from just last year, 2021, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services reported that nearly 50%, so 49.5%, if we're being specific, uh, of, of adolescents have had some sort of mental health issue during their lives. And, and what we have seen, you know, the Surgeon General, General put out a great report last year that the sequela of the pandemic, the aftermath of it, has exacerbated the mental health issues that we know were already present, right, pre-pandemic. So we're talking about, you know, half of our young people are having some sort of mental issue that requires the support and intervention of professionals and their families. I think um, as hard it is, as it is to hear something like that, it also normalizes it. So if we're wondering why our children are struggling more than we did at their age, um, it, it's because they went through something we didn't go through. 
uh, the pandemic, which magnified things. So I appreciate that. It also helps us when I say normalize. It means you're not alone as a family, as as parents trying to figure out what's the best way to provide support for our children and and our adolescents. You talked, uh, Jess, about how there's Kids Star for younger children and Teen Scope for older children. Can we talk about Kids Star because it 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 begins with children? Is it as young as five years old? That's right. So we provide therapeutic services for kids um, all throughout elementary school. So, you know, five, six, um, we, we really talk about kindergartners right through middle school. And, and KidStar is really unique that we have a very small classroom environment. And so at most, we have 10 kids in a classroom. And so we have the the younger kids in one classroom. And then we have kind of the tweener age, you know, the 10, 11, 12-year-olds in another classroom. So we're really able to target uh, specific behavioral and emotional interventions for the appropriate age group, because we know that a seven-year-old is much different than than an 11-year-old developmentally. And we have um, social skill groups that we do uh, with the kids, as well as expressive therapy. A lot of kids also, you know, don't have the language to describe what they're experiencing. And so we use art therapy. um, We use our ropes course. Um, we use other physical activities to really help bring out emotions um, and thoughts so we can help support them. And our staff are some of the most patient, <laughs> caring, creative people um, I've, I've ever worked with. And so we, we're really fortunate to have the clinical staff in KidStar to really provide robust services to our littles. How, now, you mentioned that many of the day treatment programs are maybe four to six weeks, like an intensive period of time. Is that the same for the youngest children as well when we're talking about five, six, seven years old and 10 and 11? Are, are they there in the day treatment programs for about six weeks? You know, we actually find that with the younger kids, we typically need a little longer Reason being is that we have two fabulous educators who are providing educational services for the KidStar patients when they're here, and they do a tremendous amount of work with the school, with the um, with the child's, you know, homeschool, their their the school they typically would go to, to help integrate what they have learned here at KidStar back to the school environment, mm-hmm. which is often an environment in which our kids really struggle. And so we often will need a little bit longer with our youngest kids to help them be successful going back to school. So I would say it's probably more like five to seven weeks for the, for the younger kids. And sometimes that learning process just takes a little longer as well. So being sensitive to that, we usually have them here a little bit longer. And can we talk about the ingress? In, in other words, how do children qualify for day treatment programs? If we, How do we know that our child might need this or might benefit from this or indeed absolutely needs those support systems? That's a fantastic question. And we talk about the anger rules often in KidStar, and so when we the anger rules are you're not hurting yourself, you're not hurting others, you're not destroying property or running away. So we think about those as the four anger rules that we really focus on in KidStar, and we know that as kids are learning, right, every, every kid, right, does some version of that, but when we see patients who are engaging in those um, in behaviors in those four domains, 
in a way that then is causing them significant difficulty in their lives. Maybe they have been suspended from school, or maybe they're not able to go to a friend's house anymore because, you know, they've repeatedly hit their friend and they're not welcome there anymore. Or maybe when they're upset, they, you know, run away from the house. Those would be really clear indications that they need a higher level of care. But sometimes for our other patients, they've been doing really good work in outpatient therapy. Maybe they are uh, a kid who has really big emotions, right? And when Mm -hmm. the emotions come out, they can be harmful. And they've done really good work outpatient, but they just haven't been able to get enough traction to to really be uh, successful in many domains in their life. That's when um, day treatment would be a good option. Um, Also, sometimes, too, if there's a a diagnostic conundrum, if you will, if, you know, the patient has really stumped maybe their pediatrician or maybe um, their educators at school, we can really help with that diagnostic clarification because not only do we have the benefit of having uh, lots of eyes on the patient, we have really smart people coming from different perspectives that can really create a a holistic diagnosis. So in short, I would say when a child is really not able to consistently be successful um, in school or at home or in other domains, day treatment would be appropriate to consider. And you you provide psychiatric evaluations for the child as part of that five to seven week uh, therapeutic sessions. Absolutely. So not only do we do a, a comprehensive diagnostic assessment, when indicated, we can also do testing if we are stumped as well. And we really take the approach of thinking critically about kids. And we don't make, you know, a, a diagnosis, if you will, day one or maybe even the first week because we really need to see the child in multiple domains and really understand them. And so we, we try to patiently observe, take in a lot of information to really come to a conclusion that um, that best reflects what their current difficulties are. So then that informs our intervention, right? That's right. why it's so important. To, to, to correctly assess what's happening in, in that child, right? To, to get that kind of mm-hmm. a, a clearer picture, as you mentioned. For those who just joined us, this is Jess Holzbauer from the Huntsman Mental Health Institute. We're talking about day treatment, extraordinary um, services that are provided for children and for adolescents um, at the Huntsman Mental Health Institute. Let's talk about teen scope and, and what ages does that, um, I don't want to say target, serve or help. Sure. Yeah. And we actually have two teen scope locations. We have one up here at the Huntsman Mental Health Institute, which is also where KidStar is. And then we have a second location that is down on 3900 South. And so that's convenient. Uh, the two locations are convenient for parents who and families who live in different parts of the of the valley. And teen scope, we, we typically serve patients who are either late middle school um, all the way through high school. And we can, we can provide services to 18-year-olds as well, which makes us unique. And TeenScope, um, it's really important for our patients that we are helping them be successful in school because, as we know, credits count towards graduation. And so we have a pretty dynamic education team who not only works with the school to make sure that our patients are staying current with the curriculum that they need in order to graduate, but also really figuring out what's the best way to support our our patients to continue to learn because most of our patients have had such significant mental health issues 
that they have not been um, able to fully learn or complete their, their work um, to support their educational journey. And so that's a huge component of the services that we offer, really in both programs, but specifically targeting you know, high school completion with our teen scopers. Well, and, and as a mother of a child who had uh, many delays in his education when he was young, it affects uh, their self-esteem, their motivation to return to school if, they've had, if they're behind if they've had failures. And so to me, um, this this seems um, so uh, compassionate uh, to, to provide that additional support for them because a child's life, a, a teenager's life is composed by so many different things besides their relationships, right? The development of, 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 of self-esteem as they're moving forward um, educationally. Now, um, you find that chemical dependency addictions tend to be um, something that might uh, benefit from the programs like TeenScope? You know, we have a recovery track for our patients who have been abusing substances. Most of our patients who are using substances, um, that is secondary to the other underlying mental health issue. And so we have recovery services here for our patients who would benefit um, three times a week. Not only do we, um, do we offer um, urinary drug analysis so we can um, keep an eye on what's going on, you know, um, in, their, in their bodies as well. And so that is something that we, that we offer. And we find that for most of our patients, as the mental health issues start to improve or resolve, uh, the substance use comes down. And, and our goal is always to have um, kids not using any substances, um, mm-hmm. especially, we, we know, right, from research that that's terribly important, but especially because we um, often, not always, but often prescribe psychiatric medications. We have to be really thoughtful about chemically what's going on with our patients. So we keep a pretty close eye on that. And, and that's helpful as well. Um, for TeenScope, you said there's two different centers. Um, what determines where the teen will attend? You know, by and large, it is um, based on convenience for the family. Up here at TeenScope at the Huntsman Mental Health Institute, because we are housed in the hospital, um, we can typically offer um, some more medical services, Mm -hmm. if you will. And so we often will have patients, for example, that have type 1 diabetes that need some closer observation or maybe who have... um, an eating disorder diagnosis that needs um, just more services available in a hospital. And so some of those issues would require a patient to be up here um, at the Huntsman Mental Health Institute at the TeenScope location up here. And then we have some other criteria criteria when we think about if a patient may um, have difficulty staying in the program, you know, maybe their their fight or flight kicks in when they're stressed and they want to, you know, hightail it. Usually we're a better location at the Huntsman Mental Health Institute just because we have um, more resources. And so uh, really, by and large, the biggest difference is convenience for family. But we have a couple other criteria that we take a look at when we're deciding the best location to serve um, the patient and family. Uh, that sounds wonderful. For those who just joined us, this is Jess Holzbauer, and I'm Rebecca Cressman. We're talking about kids' mental health, uh, adolescent mental health, teens, and their mental health um, and support therapies that are provided at Huntsman Mental Health. We have just about six, seven minutes together, Jess. And when, you know, I've been using that kind of broad term, mental health, right? We did talk a little bit about chemical dependency and anger, but can you give us some kind of like a broad 
um, description of the type of mental health challenges that these children and or teens are being served and treated for in KidStar and TeenScope? Absolutely. And, you know, when we think about um, what is a mental health issue versus just kind of a a typical challenge of, of growing up, right? We, mm-hmm. we really, um, we really look at, um, are the mental health issues, are the difficulties so great that it's really causing, um, that the child or adolescent to not be able to fully function in a number of different environments. And so, you know, going through a breakup when you're 14 and feeling sad for a period of time, you know, it's not necessarily a mental health issue or crisis. That's just a normal response, right, to a crummy situation. So when we look at our patients, we're really looking at um, young people who have not been able to kind of um, fully live their, their life in the most successful way. And so with our older patients, we are often looking at diagnoses of depression, or anxiety. We also treat individuals on the autism spectrum. Um, we'll see some substance use, but really how those things come out, right? The symptoms that we often see are school refusal, um, irritability, um, inability to turn in work at school. And so the symptoms are usually the things mm-hmm. that are the, are the loudest. And then we use a word like depression or anxiety to kind of bundle that all together. And with our younger kids, it's actually pretty similar. Um, What we often see, though, is that, you know, we think about behavior as the language of children. So we might have an adolescent who's depressed who maybe has a difficult time um, getting up, showering, eating. For one of our younger kids, um, for example, it might be them being really down on themselves thinking that they're a terrible kid or that no one likes them. And so therefore at recess, they don't play with anyone. And maybe when they're at home, they just stay in their room. So not living kind of a full life, if you will. So the symptoms are usually um, age specific, but the diagnoses are consistent um, throughout both programs. Well, there's a lot there as well. Um, I want to also talk about... um, you know, uh, the resources that are available for um, from Huntsman Mental Health within the last couple of minutes for parents. So if if we are concerned about our child and we are seeing some of uh, the things that you're describing, is there a phone number that we can call? Is there a website where we can go and start saying, hey, it looks like my child might be struggling with this or this is how I can get my child evaluated? That's a fantastic question. That the easiest way to find out what level of care might be appropriate or to get an appointment would be to call our centralized number, which is 801-585-1212. And our colleagues who answer the phones there will be able to, you know, listen to what is going on with a young person and then really plug them into the level of care that might be most appropriate. That would range from everything from outpatient care, so meeting with a therapist regularly and an outpatient psychiatrist if indicated, all the way up to inpatient hospitalization, which we we use as a resource for young people who need an acute stabilization because um, they are really um, at risk to themselves or others. Mm. And then in between that, we have um, day treatment, as we've talked about, um, and we also have a youth residential treatment center 
for girls as well. So we have a broad continuum of care. And then for individuals on the autism spectrum, we also have specialized um, autism services at our um, home clinic and our outpatient um, autism clinic as well. So really broad range of services. Yeah, and to me as a parent, I find it comforting uh, because every child uh, comes from a different background and is uh, has different challenges. So to know that there's so much, so many resources and support for parents and for our children is, is just beautiful. Jess Holzbauer, uh, LCSW, licensed clinical social worker at Huntsman Mental Health Institute, who's shared with us the details about day treatments and the Kid Star program, the Teen Scout program, and the other resources available uh, for our families. Families and for our children. Jess, thank you so much for taking time today and for the work you do with children every day. It is, it is really my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. And, and thank you for allowing me to talk about one of my favorite subjects is how we can be helpful to our young people. So thanks, Rebecca. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's Jess Holzbauer with Huntsman Mental Health Institute. And I'm Rebecca with FM 100.3. Utah Weekly Forum is produced by KSFI FM 100.3 in Salt Lake City, a Bonneville International Station. Subscribe to the Utah Weekly Forum podcast online and email us at Rebecca at FM100.com. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope and Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.